Hello everyone, welcome to Refugees on Air. We are your hosts, Sarah and Maya. And today we have a very special guest, Abdi Aden. How are you, Abdi? Thank you, I'm very well. Do you want to just start off by telling us where you came from? I was born in Somalia mm-hmm. and uh, I came to Australia when I was 15. Mm-hmm. So the war started when I finished grade 6, which is 12 and a half. Yep. So I came to Australia then with no family. Mm-hmm. So 15 and I couldn't speak English wow. and um, I didn't have a lot of friends and families. I mm-hmm. came by myself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't come with my mother and father and sister. So it was very challenging learning a new language, a new culture. Yep. People don't realize how much people just expect that uh, language is the only one. But uh, you have to learn the culture and the system and, mm-hmm. and everything. So school system. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I came as a asylum seeker. I didn't know at the time, but now I do. And then I went high school after three months. Mm-hmm. And high school was very difficult uh, because even the teachers couldn't understand this is 90s. <laughs> um, so the teacher couldn't even understand the fact that the needs that I needed it. So yep. the, the refugees were before me was Vietnamese uh, refugees yep. where they came as a group and when mm-hmm. they come here and they got straight to housing where when I came I went straight to people's houses so yeah it took me 12 months to get to a place where I can call home so mm-hmm. 12 months basically one place Collingwood to Brunswick Brunswick to Moonipon Ascotvale to all in the city areas so mm-hmm. yeah how would you describe your journey to Australia the journey that you took by yourself as well well the journey was quite uh, I didn't realize at the time but people always say it's really interesting because I left from Somalia I w- went to Egypt transit three days and I ended up in Romania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there almost 12 months uh, wow. before I came to Australia. But before Australia, I went to nine countries crossing mm. borders wow. before I end up in Melbourne. So I was in Romania, we used to cross the border in Austria, we used to cross mm-hmm. Yugoslavia, now it's Bosnia and Croatia. Mm-hmm. And then you know, sometimes got to Russia to go to Finland. But then back to Romania, and then from Romania to transit to Germany. And the, when I went to Germany, the, the Germans were returning people to Somalia because the president was ruling one side and then the other mm-hmm. people ruling. So I came straight to Melbourne. And uh, as I said before, Australia didn't really knew individual refugees. Mm-hmm. It was only like a group of people. Yeah, so it was difficult. As I said, I couldn't speak English. So. One of the challenge uh, I find in Australia coming is that, as I said, yeah, English, no family, I couldn't sleep night time. Mm. I mean, just to describe, you know, all the Somali, the war, and, and also not knowing anyone I can talk yeah. to and things like that. But also I used to worry that I didn't have my residence. It took me three months to get to my temporary residence, and then the temporary residence, you're still not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So it took me two years. Mm-hmm. So the, I think the challenge is just worrying too much. Mm-hmm. on top of everything else. So would you like to tell us a little bit about the volunteer work and the job that you're doing now? Yeah, um, the well, uh, my job now is not volunteer. Mm-hmm. It's a paid job. But the good question, I started volunteering when I was 15 mm-hmm. and it really helped. Whether you're a refugee or a young person, it would be nice to uh, learn how to things work, mm-hmm. such as and if you volunteer, people can't actually get rid of you because you're a volunteer. <laughs> At the same time, you're learning. Yep. So that's actually one of the clever things that I've ever done mm-hmm. as a 15, 16, 17, even 18, yep. and then keep going back when I need it. So those experience in the end, it will pay off mm-hmm. because once you get a chance to get a job, if you're not performing, 
guess what? You won't be, you know, continuing the job. So yeah, yeah. what happens is that you need to be able to hold your job. I think that's why I probably become very successful youth worker. Mm-hmm. So even to say it more, after I volunteered, uh, went to high school. The high school wasn't really that, you know, didn't work it out for me because the English difficulties, barriers. So I went to TAFE for two years mm-hmm. after finish TAFE. I went to uni. The two years TAFE become one year of university. Mm-hmm. So I knew that any chance, and I've been well known my family, you know, if opportunity comes, I'll take it, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and I'll try anything. I don't have the word of failure. I don't understand why people are actually worried about failure because mm-hmm. failure is supposed to be strengthening. You just laugh at yourself and move on. Yeah. So I did the uh, volunteering, went to my two-year diploma, TAFE, and then I did two hours work for youth work. So that was my first job. The youth work I got because my teacher said to me, there's a two-hour job. Abdi, no one wants to do it. Do you want to work this newly arrived young people? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know what I'm going to do after I finished school. As an immigrant or refugee, often you find even if you finish school, would you get a job? That's the biggest worry um, we yeah. have. So I got the job and then two hours become four hours and then moved on to another juvenile detention where young offenders mm-hmm. and young people and then from there on I still doing volunteer work so two three hours a job a week and not mm-hmm. enough yep. and then after I finished graduated I got a job at Hume City Council mm-hmm. I was there Hume City Council for four years then I worked at Banksia Garden Community mm-hmm. Centre the west side of Melbourne yep. and then uh, I got a job in uh, you know I, I just keep trying anything I can do and mm-hmm. after Hume City Council I got very confident and I was running program, newly arrived, but 99% were Australian-born, Indigenous migrant, Anglo-Australian, and then refugee came just before I left Hume, mm-hmm. and then went to the city of Whittlesea, and I was doing the coordinating program. Mm-hmm. Six years later, after that, did uh, go back to where you came from, mm-hmm. and I'll talk about later. I got a, a publisher to write my story. So yeah. yeah. So would you like to tell us a little bit about the novel that you published? Yeah, I was very lucky because uh, I want to, you know, everyone wants to write a book. Mm-hmm. And I like everyone says I want to write a book. But when the time comes, it's really difficult to write because I was writing things happened to me as a refugee. Yep. It wasn't like I was writing a story about people in love and that would have <laughs> been good, you know, to write. But <laughs> it was difficult to talk about myself. Being a man, it's very hard to write the negative side of the story, but also to talk about your weaknesses, you mm-hmm. know. But I came to terms, I thought... Being a youth worker, going to university and, and involve a lot of programs like you guys are doing radio and that, mm-hmm. I've become very educated in a way that education is more important than hiding things about, you know, things that you don't want to talk about. It. So I got someone contact me and said, do you want to write it? And I wasn't sure and I, and I didn't know a lot of things about writing books. So, yeah, I said to yes and I took the chance and didn't realise that the publisher was one of the biggest publisher in Australia, mm. Harbour Collins, and then I did that, and, and then I left my job, City of Whittlesea, because of the public speaking job that I took, and, and I thought, oh, you know, part-time job, I thought, oh, I'll have a go, yeah. and then part-time job become a full-time. But the reason I also, to answer your question, is the reason I said yes to write my story mm-hmm. was about a few things. One is Somali people can learn about telling stories yep. mm-hmm. and then obviously the war should they learn about it and reflect themselves and say oh really this is terrible and eventually you know stopping that and the other thing is the stereotype of refugees in uh, Australia mm-hmm. 
in general Western world, but in Australia that we live in, and the the people have to understand. As a refugee, I didn't leave Somalia. I didn't want to leave Somalia. It's mm-hmm. not like I decided to leave. I had a good life in Somalia, yeah. but that's the other story that I was really passionate to write it. And then my, I was hoping one percent young people might read it. But now it just became huge. You know, sometimes mm. I'll be flying from, well, it happened to me a couple of times, but flying yeah. from Sydney or Adelaide, someone's reading my book. I mean, <gasps> it's just oh amazing. Gosh. It's just quite, a, and you know, I've got airports and it's still there and <laughs> and the posters. And, and w- the reason I'm telling you this is about empowering a lot of refugees to mm-hmm. value themselves, you yeah. know. And it took me a long time, but here I am, and it paid off, really. Mm. Everything I wanted it, even even more so, that mm. I learned a lot. Yeah. So your book, your <laughs> book is called Shining, the Story of a Lucky Man. Where can our listeners find it? If you got a really a bookshop, you can order if they don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, depends sometimes what they do is if they order a, a 30 and the 30 goes quickly, yep. and then they reorder. But if, if it doesn't go they will send the other bookshops. But the best way to get it, if you really want, is a Booktopia. Yep. It's quite good. You know, you can get even some of my friends who are ordering 50, I often say, or oh, people who wanted to buy 50, or I just order for them in Booktopia. It goes within the 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so all bookshops, and the bookshops will order for you uh, if they don't have, but otherwise Booktopia. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you actually said that they've been installed in the curriculum as well in yeah, Western Australia. Yeah, it's a national wide, oh, yeah. but but some of the schools often takes a, a couple of years to mm-hmm. get rid of the ones they had. Yep. the technicality of it, and it looks like uh, shining the story of a lucky man. It, it will be, I think, next ten, twenty years, mm-hmm. because some of the books sit on, uh, cr- you know, people who love reading war and and uh, yeah. refugees and. I think my book's more really inspirational yep. rather than refugee story or that. Yep. More inspirational. I think so too, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your involvement in the SBS program, Go Back to Where You Came From? Uh, yes, um, Go Back to Where You Came From, there was a show happened before the one I, d- I did, the ones with Celebrity, uh, mm. the Australian, but there was a one ordinary people was one before me mm-hmm. and then I was watching and I was shocked what I was yeah. really like it was me too. Pe- people were saying did you watch the first one I the think f- so yeah yeah the first one is a young woman who's unemployed she's 21 and saying these refugees they're taking over Australia hmm. and I thought oh you know this is and I was very disappointed but I didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it yep I was working city of Whittlesea as a youth worker and and there's a email came through a friend of mine sent it and the producers uh, contacted me and said He's looking for a Somali family yep. who's been in Australia for t- uh, 10 years. And I've been here longer than that at yep. the time, uh, very long. And then I said to him, look, I can find you someone. And he came and, and we looked for it. And I, we're having a chat. And he said, do you want to do it yourself? And I said, no, I've, mm-hmm. I'm being established. You know, I think mm-hmm. you need to find someone who's really, uh, I said, I'm not struggling or anything. Like yep. He said, no. And I'll I tell you one thing, though. Uh, I learned a lot what you know refugee it becomes more identity than so you know you can use it in a positive yep. way like yeah. you guys are doing yep. really absolutely i'm very proud of you what are you doing well, thank so you. i'm the right person to say because i do it every day you just kind of make me happy that there's a lot of people like me it's not only me running around and telling stories but mm-hmm. other people are doing so yeah. go back i've done it and then the good and the bad side there's no bad at all but to think now everything is good like 99% people are so positive. People are saying you're brave and, and didn't know what brave mm. was, you know. Yeah. Well, I knew what brave is, but I didn't think that 
something to come out and, and talk about it. Yeah. Some of the negative I had was, uh, oh, how come you bought a nice house? And, and it's quite silly because, um, you know, in Australia, it's a quite, if you work hard and you're educated, you can do whatever you want to do. That's but, right. but you don't listen to those type of people. But then now I realized bad publicities can be good because they're thinking about it. People exactly. are often yeah. negative and they're saying, oh, how these girls can, you know, how they, what they're doing. You work so hard, as good as everyone else, you know. <laughs> All these radio presenters who worked for last how many years work, same as you. There's no difference. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot. i grown up within, uh, I, I think, I'm not exaggerating, but I think I've grown 20 years earlier than I should have because... <laughs> You know, I go places, you know, I go to airports and people said, oh, you empty. I said, oh, who else? Yeah. <laughs> and then they give me free latte. And I thought, oh, oh it's gosh. good to be famous sometimes. You know? <laughs> and I'm joking. But um, one of the best things for me is I get paid to do the job. It's not about the money. But if you're getting paid means then you can do it longer. That's yeah. Right. So I'm getting paid, but also I'm changing people's view about something they will never have the chance to. That's right. So one of the things that I love my job is just I go there, talk about myself, talk about people who's really come from a refugee background, why they left and how they left. And every story is different. Mm-hmm. But in general, people are coming here because they fear for their lives. So, That's right. And a lot of my people that I know who's a refugee background, they don't want to talk about it. Not everyone's three of us sitting here talking about it. It's actually they're not brave enough yep. to mm-hmm. come and say, Nothing wrong. You can be an engineer. You can be a mathematics. I can be an author if I wanted to. But at the end of the day, storytelling is, especially young women, uh, the world's changing. And my mother growing up, she was a feminist. I Mm -hmm. didn't know what it meant at the time. But that's why I really respect any gender, any religion, anything I'll support. As long as people, the freedom makes them happy, why not? Everyone has the same rights to to live and doesn't matter what your background is. That's right. Mm. That's exactly what our show embraces as well. Yeah. Yeah. You should be encouraged, but also, you know, and I I try not to contradict myself. Mm -hmm. Like if people saying, oh, you know, we wanted this and this and that, I said, why not? You know, everyone have right to exercise your beliefs in your, not beliefs as a religion, but if you just say you meet people, you want to be free rather than you follow what they tell you to do. That's right. and, and, And you are really a nice person when you do the right thing. I do the right thing means I chose to. So I do the right thing and the worlds get better mm-hmm. rather than being forced to do. Yeah. So I always encourage people to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. and you know go from there. So, but yeah, I'm so happy being here today and mm-hmm. coming to see you guys. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. We really appreciate it. I really like the point about how you said that not many refugees are brave enough to present their story. Yeah. Um, what would you say to them to support them in coming forward and sharing yeah. their story one of the thing is that obviously that a lot of refugees have a problem with confidence yep uh, people don't have the confidence to come out and even say like when you hear people saying things even someone to say no that's not what a life you know that's actually itself an activism if you mm-hmm. stop someone or don't agree with them even if you're scared of not agreeing it's actually one of the best thing to do so mm-hmm. i think most of our advice a lot of refugees come to australia should be able to be involved what australia offers mm-hmm. such as we're doing radio today every time i do something different like being go back to where you came from inside abc uh, writing a book there's so much to do 
There is so much. There's no. We're not short for successes, mm -hmm. and then but refugee. Uh, people lost so much confidence. Mm -hmm. So to build their confidence, and then the choices come after. Yep. So to be a confident is do a lot of volunteers, get involved in your community. Don't feel you're lesser than other people. Mm -hmm. Actually, people don't see it that way. You know how you think something people are thinking about yourself. Yep. They're not actually thinking like that. Mm -hmm. They only see what you do. If you're confident, you're in the group. If you're not, you miss out. Yep. Doesn't matter whether you're born Australia or refugee. Yep. So you just have to remember. Confidence. Take opportunities. A lot of refugee people, what they do is when they come to Australia, someone does a childcare. Everyone does childcare. Yeah. Someone yeah. opens a milk bar. They open the taxi driving. Everyone does. Twenty-one years old young man. Why drive a taxi? Nothing wrong with taxi, but yep. you can do study youth work. Yep. You know, youth work. You don't have to be academic in it. I mm -hmm. did academic away, but you know, you don't have to be academic. A young woman who wants to be open her own business. Why wouldn't you start from just the start? Get fifty people call up and say, mm -hmm. "Can you buy my thing?" and do it. So confidence, get involved, take opportunities, and mm -hmm. don't be scared. Yeah. A Somali guy said to me once, "Oh, Abdi, you know, you talk about a lot of bad things about Somalia. You exposing." I said, "You already been exposed. <laughs> you already got a name, refugee. Yep. You, you might wanted to call yourself. Oh, I come from Syria, from Iraq, from Somalia. You already got the name of refugee anyway. Mm -hmm. So don't be scared. So at the end yep. of the day." You should have able to take opportunities that you have in Australia, mm -hmm. and and I don't abuse my power. It means that I respect I respect you guys okay. equally. Mm -hmm. So it means that you can learn. I'm confident, and when and then when you grow up, uh, then you see the world in a better place. You know, yep. you see man like me in a not negative way. Mm -hmm. So everything I do, I want you to learn and be able to become a better person. Mm -hmm. And also, what advice would you offer for people who aren't refugees and how to support and understand and respect their point of view? Other people um, who are not, who have no idea about what refugees are or mm -hmm. what they go through, I think they should often uh, do inclusive. The first thing you can do, people often say, "Oh, they should jobs and that." Well, people can't give you jobs because they're struggling jobs too. But the thing is, inclusive, yep. being inclusive, and not mentioning too much about your background. I yep. don't need people to mention all the time. Abdi, what's it like in Somalia? I've lived here a very long time. I don't even remember, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, more inclusive. And don't do over the top ways. Oh, come and eat food. But what about after the food finishes? Mm -hmm. So the inclusive has to be ongoing, Continuous, continue, yeah. yep. and friendship. And I think inclusive is probably the best way. And when it comes to volunteer, give other people opportunity, you know. That's right. People from newly arrived refugee, you just need a time. You'll mm -hmm. get used to the stuff and... And same as, you know, people with disability, you know, you have to include them, you know, there's no, you know, you have to respect them. And so I'll probably say people who don't know anything about refugees should be helping them to be their community and welcoming warm. Mm -hmm. And if someone, I trust them. And the other thing is a trust. Yep. If we don't trust people, it's very hard. Sometimes I might feel uncomfortable, but I try to trust and not what I'm thinking of myself. Mm -hmm. And again, it becomes more confidence in that. But Australia is a really good country. If I left Somalia and I lost everything, Australia is probably the best country for me because I become individual. I, that I lost my confidence. Who would have thought I'd do public speaking? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I got all the way to uh, just say Sydney or Darwin and, and do a school there. You know, three thousand people a week, meeting so many people. I learn and learn and learn. What's the point being in a doctor but you're not confident? Mm -hmm. I always say to young people who want us to become a doctor engineering, all the newly arrived love to do that. 
even if their English is not up to there. Mm-hmm. But I always say to them, it's good that do that, but remember, do you really like doing it? Because mm-hmm. it's a long hours. But also, it's good to be realistic. I know your parents tell you to do and that, but you need to do something you love doing. That's right. And I make the difference of talking to a lot of people. That's right. What plans do you have set for the future? I really love to answer that question. <laughs> but if I answer one thing, but what about if I got another opportunity? Oh, so yeah. for my future, it's now I just do what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I like to get involved. You know, I like storytelling, documentaries, films. I'll probably go to documentaries uh, telling story that way. Mm-hmm. I just have to really work on what I'm doing now. Finish my book, my second mm-hmm. book, which should be released February. Mm-hmm. But um, finish that and then do some documentaries and then really doing the public speaking because I really love doing. I start doing a stand-up comedy. storytelling. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's quite fun. I've never, I actually never thought, you know, I had a three gigs on November and they all booked ads and it was really good. And I thought, oh, because they've been asking uh, two years for the, comedy in Melbourne mm. to do Melbourne Comedy Festival teas. I was saying no <laughs> so the future to answer your question I really love to answer your question but mm. I just enjoying everything comes my way mm, and the next time I'm sitting here I'll be doing something else yeah you know? <laughs> but uh, you'll be asking me so yeah the future is very bright I love it the other thing I was going to say one of the futures uh, future I like about my future is my confidence mm-hmm. I love who I am I I know exactly what I want Mm-hmm. It's a very hard. You guys, I hope it comes sooner. It comes better. Mm-hmm. Once you know what you're doing, life every single day. Like three years ago, it went like that. It's just quick because I'm enjoying it. But before that, I struggled. Uh, you know, what, you're not sure what you're gonna do, mm-hmm. and, you know, and that type of thing. But and more risk, good risk, not a bad. More risk you take about. If someone said to you, "Do you want to write your story?" and you feel uncomfortable. You, you call me and say, what do you think? You get a lot of research done and do it. Mm-hmm. Because don't be scared of. I always say people, things that make you a bit uncomfortable, your belly feels funny and you that, that's actually success. Mm. When you feel that, because you're going to change that mm-hmm. and you are a better person than you were before. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about your second book that's releasing in February? Yeah, my second book, because my first book, a couple of chapters were a bit graphic for yep. the for the young readers. Yeah. And then I've been people have been telling me and I don't like missing out. I just I love to be involved everywhere. I didn't want to write, but I decided to write a children's book, then they can read it before mm-hmm. the war yep. at Somalia when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit about the war. So it doesn't talk about a war it's a little memoir so mm. it's like when i was growing up and mm-hmm. someone was reading the other day just to check you know reading and they thought it was funny and i thought oh that's just my life <laughs> maybe i'm funny guy you know <laughs> but um yeah so it's all about young uh, storytelling again and i really appreciate you meeting you and and i want you to do the same you know mm. if one day and you said you wanted to study you know media and yeah. study but do it on the side my hobby become the highest pay, yep. if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. So I was a youth worker. I loved the youth work, but I was only reaching 10 kids a term. Yep. Now I'm reaching like a lot. People will come up to me, would you believe this? People said, I've never thought refugees were funny. <laughs> or they will come oh and say, I've never met one before. So did you come by boat or by plane? And I said, well, which one do you prefer? They say by plane. Well, I came by plane then. You know? <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, how come people think of you? You're so different. Because I thought I was a normal, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't, normal doesn't mean anything, yeah. but 
I'm a human being. Yep. So it, it's a very confronting things I hear, but I love it. That's what, what's the point being there if you're not making the difference? That's so right. From there. So that's such a good quote. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> On point. Is there anything? The other thing I was going to say is that um, when you are applying jobs or uh, that, just be confident. Because yep. if you speak, yeah, if you speak another language, it took me a long time. If you speak, an, do you speak another language? Yeah, speak yeah. Arabic. Yeah, if you speak another language, means you actually far advanced. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know when I came to Australia, mm-hmm. I was hiding my language. Yeah. But uh, now, yeah, it just means that your experience, your culture, and yep. the way you treat people. So you just remember mm-hmm. that you are value, you know, value yourself as yep. one of the things. It took me again a long time mm-hmm. to value myself. Yep. Uh, and that's uh, most of the people like ourselves. It's just cases where, you know, you lose your confidence. And especially the parents, mm-hmm. you know, my mother now lives in Australia, who uh, she was most confident person in Somalia, but she, now she's not. Mm-hmm. And it's a normal thing yep. to be able uh, to become. But I, I just decided and want to make the difference. Uh, to be honest with you, I just, I would love my job. I was doing really assessing young people, youth work. I could have got another higher position than that. But for me, I own my own business. So mm-hmm. the other thing I can add it to that yep. is, you know, you can make money, but you can also be proud. You know, I, there's so many things I do. And, you know, I, I sponsor a lot of basketball teams, uh, mm-hmm. soccer teams, if anyone wants to do young girls doing something, they'll always contribute. And giving uh, people ideas are better than giving money. Mm-hmm. So if you give them ideas and they can do it for themselves. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, getting there and, and having your own boss. And I worked for local government for 13 years. Mm. So, and when I left, people were saying, oh, you know, are you sure you want to leave? I said, yeah, I've got another opportunity. See you later. <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? You know, I said, I'm sad leaving, but if I never do it, I'll never, I'll never be happy. Mm, so. Always be thinking about it. Yeah. Like not when people say be happy is good and that, but it's good to be proud of yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think the other word people don't say is happy also, what's that mean? means to be proud of yourself. So that was Refugees on Air with your hosts, Sarah and Maya. And today we've had the very special guest on, Abdi. I thank you so much, Abdi, for coming in today and sharing your story. We found it really inspirational. You're a very fantastic worker and just person overall. Really glad we got to hear your story and um, hear all the listeners ad- as advice well. from you. Yeah, really appreciated it. You have a really great mindset as well on where you're going in life. And we really needed that. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I I think you guys also, you're doing really fantastic work. And I'm very proud. But also, you you learn people every day. So thank you very much.